Hello, animal lovers, and welcome to episode 19 of the I Speak to Animals podcast. I am Leslie Serenisi, and I am a professional animal communicator, which means I can speak to animals. I've been fortunate enough to speak to many, many different kinds of animals in my career, starting off with a grizzly bear named Brutus. I was lucky enough to be asked to write an article for a magazine, which I did for about five and a half years, and I decided to dust them off and share them with you. Each episode, I will share a different article with you, and if you hang with me till the end, I'll share some backstories, some behind the scenes info, and things that couldn't make it into the article. So come on this amazing journey with me and share in my animal adventures. This article is called Back from Extinction, and I know, I know, it sounds like an oxymoron to say that something came back from extinction. Perhaps it should be called, someone made a mistake, or oops, there they are. Today I'll be reading from an article I wrote in 2017 about beavers showing up in Sweden after being extinct since 1800s. Just listen and I'll explain. So I was under the impression that extinct means extinct, but apparently I was wrong. For years, it had been documented that beavers were extinct in Sweden and not just for 20 or 30 years, but since the late 1800s. In fact, beavers had become fairly scarce in most areas of the United States due to fur trading. Their warm and waterproof fur made for sought after coats and their demeanor made them easy prey. Chances are, if you were hunting and trapping a beaver, you weren't likely to be mauled by one. So trapping beaver was far more profitable, safe and desired than bear or wolf hunting and beavers became practically non-existent. But recently, in Stockholm, Sweden, they announced that they're having issues with beavers in the downtown waterfront area. Beavers have built lodges and climbed onto the banks in the downtown urban area and cut down trees with their massively strong teeth, and they've become a damn nuisance. It's like they're taking back the territory that was once theirs. An entire country that had eradicated beavers in the 1870s now had them back and in full force in the downtown Stockholm area. Recently, I went to a Detroit Zoo volunteer meeting and one of the big topics discussed is that beavers have come back to Detroit after being gone for over 150 years. Two lodges have been reported on the Detroit River. Apparently, they had a video chat with their Scandinavian cousins in Sweden and decided to urbanize. Naturally, I had a lot of questions about why beavers would pick Stockholm and Detroit to repopulate. Then I remembered, hey, I'm an animal communicator. I have the ability I could just ask them. Now, personally, I have only met one beaver so far. His name is Gus, and he was born in captivity, and he remains in captivity in a zoo. My other option was to ask Ward, 
one of the two adult beavers that lives at the Detroit Zoo. I didn't think he or Gus would really have much to say on the subject of wildlife repopulation, so I decided to try something different. I decided to at least try to communicate with the wild beavers as a collective instead of one-on-one as I usually do. So I reached out to the Detroit beaver community late one night as, you know, beavers are usually nocturnal animals. The first thing I did was to just get a sense of who the beavers are. I wanted to experience what their energy felt like to me. The first thing that popped into my mind was that saying, busy as a beaver. Now I understand what that saying means. Beavers do tend to keep pretty busy and are extremely industrious. I found that as I communicated with them, that they were always going over what needed to be done and what the next project would be. They did have a playful side, but only after all the work is done. They have a deep sense of family, which makes sense since I know that I've been taught that beavers mate for life. They also are extremely territorial, and that's really the only time besides being preyed upon that they go into an attack mode. They usually try to scare off predators by slapping their tails on the water, or they use this as an alarm system to warn the other beaver families of danger. I asked the beavers, why had they chosen this particular spot in the Detroit River and not picked another spot that was more remote? They told me that there was an uninhabited island nearby where they have lived for quite a while and they were just branching out a little further to establish their own territory. Beavers on an uninhabited island in the Detroit River? Who knew? I found them to be charming and hardworking, and I even forgot that they are rodents. In fact, they are the largest rodent in North America, and they can easily weigh up to 60 pounds and live to be in their 20s. I expected them to be a little calmer and laid back, but to my surprise, they were not really calm at all because they were always thinking about work. They tended to be more on the level of a workaholic, as they seemed to always be thinking of the next task that needed to be accomplished. I, myself, am not a workaholic. I work very, very hard while I am working, and then I let it go, and I enjoy my downtime. My favorite thing is being in my pajamas for the whole day on my rare day off. To me, Pajamas equals rest and relaxation. So the other day I was sitting in my pajamas when I realized uh, that there was this big project that needed to be completed that day. I could not motivate myself to move off of the couch and I started to whine to myself in my own head. Suddenly the beavers popped into my mind and I decided to take a chance and I connected with the same Detroit beavers once again and I asked one of them for some help. I could use some motivation to finish a big project today, I said to the large male beaver. As I sat there and connected with his energy, my tired, unproductive mind started to clear. I started to feel inspired 
and I felt a surge of energy. I felt that excitement of being able to finish a project off till the end. I got up off the couch, I sprang into action, and I was able to complete my project in far less time than I had originally anticipated it would take. It was like a beaver miracle. I never thought I would be able to talk myself into getting off the couch that day. At the end of the day, I thanked the beaver for his wisdom and motivation. I realized that I was able to compromise because I was able to finish my project, but I was also able to stay in my pajamas. It was kind of a nice balance between the two, I think. And I'm pretty proud to say that I think that I may have come up with the answer. So I'm currently on the search for pajamas with beavers printed on them. So I've yet to find those dang pajamas with the beavers on them. I think I'll have to do an internet search when I finish this podcast. I often call on the beavers when I need a little motivation to start or finish something that I'm not too excited about. And I invite you to do the same when you're struggling. You know, I often think about going down to the Detroit River and see if I can see these actual beavers that I talked to back in 2017. I wonder if they'd recognize me if I'm not dressed in pajamas. Hmm. So come back next week when we review an article I wrote in 2017 titled, Not All Wolves Are Big and Bad, where I will introduce you to some wolf pack friends of mine that I got to spend the day with. I asked them about wolf medicine and I got some interesting answers from a wolf named King Arthur. Until then, If you ever wondered what your animals are thinking, go to my website at ispeaktoanimals.com and book an appointment. Until next week, love to you and all of your animals.